Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I want to thank you for listening. Do look around the site. We've got hundreds of audios featuring great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea and other lands, Bible studies. Uh, I have books on Amazon.com. You might want to check that out. Contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com. Please also check out my new website that allows you to tune in to the new Hackberry Radio. Just go to hackberryhouseofchosun.com and take a look and a listen. I'm reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster. That's a quarterly put out by the people at Mount Zion Bible Church in Pensacola, Florida. The topic this quarter is peace, peace, and to speak on peace, we read the words of Charles Spurgeon, and I think you know who that was. He uses 2 Thessalonians 3.16 as his text, and now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. We shall get into the very heart of our text while we consider for a minute, or two, the sole person from whom this peace must come. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace. Who is this Lord of peace but the Lord Jesus, the Prince of peace, born into the world when there was peace all over the world? It was but a little interval in which the gates of the temple of war were closed. And lo, Jesus came to Bethlehem, and angels sang, Peace on earth. He came to establish an empire of peace that shall be universal, and under whose influence they shall hang the useless helmet high and study war no more. The Prince of Peace. How blessed is the title. So was it written of old by Isaiah and Paul, the true successor of Isaiah, changing but a word now speaks of the Lord of peace. This is he who, being in himself essential peace, undertook to be the Father's great ambassador, and having made peace by the blood of his cross, he ended the strife between man and his offended maker. This is he who is our peace, who has made Jew and Gentile one and broken down the middle wall of partition that stood between us. This is the Lord who, when he stood in the midst of his disciples, gave them peace by saying, Peace be unto you. And this is he who, in his departure, made his last will and testament and wrote therein this grand legacy, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. This is that Lord of peace to whom it is part of his nature and office to give peace. I want to call particular attention to the Apostle's words in this place. He does not say, may the Lord of peace send his angel to give you peace. It were a great mercy if he did, and we might be as glad as Jacob was at my name, when the angels of God met him. He does not even say, May the Lord of peace send his minister to give you peace. If he did, we might be as happy as Abraham when Melchizedek refreshed him with bread and wine. He does not even say, May the Lord of peace at the communion table or in reading the word or in prayer or in some other sacred exercise give you peace. In all these, we might well be as refreshed as Israel was at Elim, where wells and palm trees gladden the tribes. 
But he says, the Lord of peace himself give you peace. As if he alone in his own person could give peace. And as if his presence were the sole means of such a divine peace as he desires. The Lord of peace himself give you peace. The words are inexpressibly sweet to me. If you will think for a minute, you will see that we never do obtain peace except from the Lord himself. What, after all, in your worst times will bring you peace? I'll tell you. This man shall be the peace, Micah 5, 5. To me it is often afforded great peace to think of his mysterious person. He is a man tempted in all points like as I am, a man who knows every grief of the soul and every pain of the body, hence his tender sympathy and power to succor. Have you not often derived peace from that sweet reflection? You know you have. His person then is a source of peace. And have you not been rested in your soul by meditating upon his death? You have viewed him wounded, bleeding, dying on the tree, and insensibly to yourself a wondrous calm has stolen over your heart and you have felt pacified concerning all things. Yes, Jesus is himself that bundle of myrrh and spice from which peace flows like a sweet perfume. When he comes very near your heart and lays bare his wounds and speaks his love home to you, making you feel its divine fervency, when he assures you that you are one with him, united to him in an everlasting wedlock, which knows of no divorce, then it is that your soul is steeped in peace. This is an experimental business, that means experiential, and no mere words can express it. The Lord of peace himself give you peace. This, I say, he does mainly by manifesting himself to the heart of his servants. Then notice that the text says, give you peace, not merely offer it to you or argue with you that you ought to have peace or show you the grounds of peace, but give you peace. He has the power to breathe peace into the heart, to create peace in the soul, and lull the spirit into that sweet sleep of the beloved, which is the peculiar gift of heaven. I will give you rest, he said, Matthew eleven twenty eight, and he can, and he will do it. The Lord be with you all, as much as to say, that is what I mean. I pray that Jesus may be with you, for... If he is present, you must enjoy peace. Let the sea rage and let every timber of the ship be strained. Yes, let her leak until between each timber there yawns a hungry mouth to swallow you up quick. Yet when Jesus arises, he will rebuke the winds and the waves and there'll be a great calm. It is I. Be not afraid. That's enough to create peace at once. May you always know this peace that Jesus alone can give. Now I must conclude with a, a consideration of the sweep of the prayer. The Lord of peace himself give you peace always. What? Always at peace? Yes, that is what the apostle desires for you. May you have peace given you always. Well, sir, I, I feel very happy on Sunday. Uh, I, uh, I have such peace that I wish I could have a week of Sundays. 
Well, may the Lord himself give you peace always, on all the weekdays as well as on the Lord's days. Truly, I have been very happy of late, one says. God has prospered us, and everyone has been very loving in the family. But I do not know how I should be if I had an awkward husband and an unruly child. Sister, I will tell you what I want you to be. I would have you restful under all circumstances. The Lord of peace give you peace always. I enjoy such peace in the prayer meeting, says one. Now, I want you to have peace in the workshop also. I do have peace when I get alone with my Bible, cries another. We pray that you may have equal peace when you are troubled with the ledger and tired with those unpaid bills, dull trade, and cross-currents of business. You need peace always. Numbers of professors are very fretful, excitable, agitated, hasty, fickle. It should not be so, brethren. You ought to have more weight about you, more grace, more solidity. Your soul's affairs are all right, are they not? All is right forever. Everything is signed, sealed, delivered. The covenant is ordered in all things and sure, and everything is in divine hands for our good. Well then, why not let us be as happy as the angels are? Uh, Why are we troubled? Is there anything worth shedding a tear for now now that all is well for eternity? Our want of peace arises from the fact that we have not realized the fullness of our text. The Lord of peace himself give you peace always. He can always give you peace, for he never changes. There is always the same reason for peace. You may always go to him for peace, and he's always ready to bestow it. Oh, that we might always possess it. Notice again, it is written, May the Lord of peace give you peace always by all means. Can he give us peace by all means? I know he can give us peace by some means, but but can all means be made subservient to this end? Some agencies evidently work towards peace, but but can he give us peace by, by opposing forces? Yes, certainly. He can give peace by the bitter, as well as by the sweet, peace by the storm, as well as by the calm, peace by loss, as well as by gain, peace by death, as well as by life. For, notice, there are two grand ways of giving us peace, and one is by taking away all that disquiets us. Here's a man who frets because uh, he does not make money, or because he's lost much of his wealth. Uh, Suppose the Lord takes away from him all covetousness, all greed of gain, all love of the world. Is he not at once filled with peace? He is at peace not because he has more money, but because he has less of grasping desire. Another man is very ambitious. He wants to be somebody. He must be great, and yet he never will be, and therefore he is restless. Suppose the grace of God should humble him and take away his lofty aspirations so that he only wishes to be and to do what the Lord wills. Do you not see how readily he rests? Another man has an angry temper, is soon put out. The Lord does not alter the people that are round about him, but he changes the man himself, makes him quiet, ready to forgive, and of a gentle spirit. What peace the man now feels. 
Another person has had an envious eye. He did not like to see others prosper. And if others were better off than himself, he always thought hardly of them. The Lord wrings that bitter drop of envy out of his heart. And now see how peaceful he is. He's glad to see others advanced. And if he has tried himself, it helps to make him happy to think that others are more favored. It is a great blessing when the Lord removes the disturbing elements from the heart. Even curiosity may be a source of unrest. Many are a great deal worried by curiosity. I've sometimes wanted to know why the Lord does this and that with me. Blessed be his name. I am resolved not to question him anymore in that fashion. Somebody prayed the other day that I might see the reason why the Lord has lately afflicted me. I hope the brother will not pray for that anymore. I don't want to know the Lord's reasons. Why should I? I know he has done right, and I will not dishonor him by catechizing him and wanting him to explain himself to a poor worm. (laughs) This is where the mischief has been with most of us, that we have wanted to see how this and that can be right. Why should we? If God conceals a thing, let us be anxious to keep it concealed. A servant has... He was passing through a street with a dish that was curiously covered. And there met him a fellow who said, Oh, I'm most anxious to know what thy Lord has put in that dish, for he has so carefully covered it. But the servant said, Therefore shouldst thou not desire to know, for seeing my Lord has so carefully covered it, it is clear that it is no business of thine. (laughs) So whenever a providence puzzles you, Take it as a sign that the Lord does not mean you to understand it, and be content to take it upon faith. When curiosity and other restless things are gone, peace is enjoyed. And then the Lord has ways of giving us peace by making discoveries of himself. Some of you do not know as yet the things which would give you peace. For instance, if you did but know that he loved you from before the foundation of the world, and that whom once he loves, he never leaves. You who are now afraid that you have fallen from grace would obtain strong consolation. Aye, and if you understood the grand doctrine of the divine decree and saw that the Lord will not fail nor be discouraged, nor turn aside from one jot or tittle of his purpose, then you would see how you, poor, insignificant believers though you be, are one stitch in the great fabric that must not be suffered to drop, or else the whole fabric will be marred. You would understand how the eternal purpose, ordered in wisdom and backed up with sovereign power, guarantees your salvation as much as it does the glory of God, and so you would have peace. Many a soul has not the peace it might have because it does not fully understand the atoning blood. The great doctrine of substitution is not seen in all its length and breadth by some minds. But when they come to see Christ standing in the place of his chosen, made sin for them, and the chosen standing in Christ's place, the righteousness of God in him, then will their peace be like a river. The grand truth of the union of the saints with Christ, if it be once understood, what a means of peace it is. He that believeth in Christ is one with him, a member of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones, one with Christ by eternal and indissoluble union, even as the Father is one 
with the Son. If this be known, together with the doctrine of the covenant, the attribute of immutability, the eternal purpose, and the marriage union between Christ and his elect, and deep peace must be enjoyed, like the calm of heaven, like the bliss of immortality. But there are some to whom this peace cannot come. There are some concerning whom the Lord saith, What hast thou to do with peace? There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Your works, your prayers, your repentances, none of these can bring you peace. As for the world and the pleasures thereof, they are destructive to all hope of peace. Come ye this day and believe in the great sacrifice which God himself has prepared in the person of his crucified Son. Come look into Emmanuel's face and read where peace is to be found. Come to the great gash in Jesus' side and see the cleft of the rock where God's elect abide in peace. Trust in Jesus And you shall begin a peace that shall widen and deepen into the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which shall keep your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. Amen. That was from a sermon delivered on the Lord's Day morning, March 18, 1877, at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in Newington. That was from the Free Grace broadcaster, as I said, and you can have the free grace broadcaster sent to you every three months, free of charge. Just send an email to the people at chapel at mountzion.org. That's chapel at mountzion.org and ask for your free grace broadcaster to be sent every three months. You will love it. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.